Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The Edmonton Oilers, the latest team to fall to the Flames, 5-2. Calgary wins it tonight at Rogers Place. The Flames are 19-4-4 in their last 27 games. The Oilers drop to 23-22-3 on the season. Two points out of a wildcard spot in the Western Conference. They're going to be right back at it tomorrow night here at Rogers Place, taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. It's 11.07. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reid Wilkins. Scoreless first period. The Flames take control of the game with three goals in the second period. Now, Nuge did score in the final minute of the second to give the Oilers some life. Derek Ryan robbed on a shorthanded breakaway for Calgary. Lucic comes back with a power play goal, and the Oilers are within a goal with 15 and a half minutes left, but Calgary gets two goals in the final six minutes to put it away. Well, Rob, the Oilers outshot yet again. They have been outshot 16 times in their last 18 games, and a lot of those by a wide margin. I mean, it was 34 mm-hmm. 20. I mean, they're not getting outshot 29 28. They're often getting outshot by five, six, 10 shots like tonight. And I think one of the stories for tonight's game, and we'll get, well, I think there are a lot of them tonight, but one of them, again, there's not a lot of forecheck. There's not a lot of zone time. There's not a lot of offensive opportunities. And on a night when Drysettle and McDavid were. I'd say maybe partially struggling and partially being denied by a good defense core. They, they just don't get anything going. No, well, if you look at the two other goals, one was a, a broken play four-on-four four goal where Pugliarvi lost control of the puck and goes nicely right to Nugent Hopkins at the end of the period, and the other one was a power play goal. Uh, if you think back, I think we the Oilers might have had two other quality scoring chances in the game and there there was no forechecking and we just talked with Bob after the game how many times tonight did we see the Calgary Flames defenseman go uh, D to D and then nail someone at the far blue line because there's absolutely zero forecheck on him or how many times did you see the Calgary Flames defenseman holding in his own zone while all his forwards change mm-hmm. and a whole new set came out again because there was no no uh, no push by the Oilers uh, he Hitch is a, and I've played for Hitch, and I know Hitch, and Hitch is a guy that everybody has a role on the team, and he wants you to play that role to perfection. If you're an offensive player, do this. If you're a checker, do that. If you're a fighter, do that. Know what your role is. Well, tonight in this game, there's a lot of players who have certain roles on this team that weren't doing what they needed to be doing. Getting pucks in deep, using your speed to create a forecheck, being physical. And being physical doesn't mean taking a dumb penalty by cross-checking someone or hitting someone after the whistle. Being physical is is being hard on a guy when he's got the puck during the play. Forcing a guy to have to make a a pass or, or a chip out under duress. And the Calgary Flames defenders did not have to do that tonight. And they are too good a team to have an easy night. 
you've got to play them physical. You have to play them mean. You've got to be aggressive with them. And if you're not, they will pick you apart. And I know that Bob and Jack talked about the fact that Koskinen, he gave up five, but he had a good game. Yep. He had a really good game. And the Calgary Flames missed a couple open nets. So this game could have been worse in the number of scoring chances against. So this was not... I don't think this. the Oilers had the emotional effort that they needed. They may have worked hard. They may have done some things right. But I don't think they had the emotional uh, investment in this game that you need to have. Because in reality, and, and Hitch is talking about, every game the Oilers play right now is a playoff atmosphere game because of where they are in the standings. It's not them trying to catch a team. There's six teams now in the running for one to two spots. So every night's important, and tonight was a, a game that, I mean, should they beat the Calgary Flames? Probably not. But they got to have the emotional investment in it to at least put some stress on them. Flames 5-2 over Edmonton tonight, and Koskinen, I mean, off the top of my head, he made four great saves. On two of them, Calgary scored on the rebound. Mm-hmm. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, he robbed Giordano, who, who got his own rebound when the Oilers couldn't get the puck out of there. He robbed Monaghan on the power play who then fired in his own rebound. He reached behind his back Unbelievable. to deny Goudreau. And, and the save on Derek Ryan, uh, I mean, I was I was jotting down the goal already. And, well, and then and, and he kept the kept it out, and then Lucic scores less than a, than a minute later. Only reason the Oilers were in it. Well, yeah, the, the Ryan move, that was an incredible move by Derek Ryan. And he, he didn't quit on it, Koskinen, and he makes that save. And at that point, I'm thinking, you know what, this might be their night because the, the things that the Oilers shouldn't have been in the game at that point but they were and then they get the power play goal yet I think now I, I'm not positive because I but I there, there was about a seven eight minute span after they made it three two where the Oilers had zero shots yeah and you, when they needed that big push they didn't have it the Calgary Flames did and you see why they're such a good third period team and why they're a good team overall but I, I think in games like this the Edmonton Oilers depth is exposed the Edmonton Oilers on the back end, like Jones, who is who shows flashes of, of greatness or flashes of, of being capable of playing at this level. Also, he's been leaking big chances over the last seven games. And tonight, it was the dagger, the backland goal, where he just, it just uh, a play that probably works in the minors, probably worked in junior, but in the National Hockey League, the, the players... Well, it reminded me of the goal Lucic got yeah, against Buffalo. Exactly. You just, yeah. you can't, guys, eye-hand coordination in the National Hockey League is too good. So little saucer passes aren't going to be good enough, and that was the end of the game for the Edmonton Oilers. Calgary wins at 5-2. Let's go downstairs and hear from head coach Ken Hitchcock for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. The Caleb Jones play is one that I guess every rookie defenseman is going to make in his career. Uh, a difficult time for that lesson tonight. Yeah. Yeah, we were really coming on, and... Uh, we had them on their heels. Those are lessons that, unfortunately, you got to go through, and it's a tough lesson. He'll he'll learn from it, and he'll get better from it. But um, you know, we, like I said, we were mounting the comeback, and and that one kind of took the wind out of ourselves. You found more of your game maybe in the third. What did you see in the first couple of periods that uh, that got you down the way you were? Um. I just thought our, our I thought we really started to manage the puck well in the uh, in the uh, third period, and um, I thought we did a much better job in that area. And I thought we didn't do it. We tried to force things in the first two periods and got caught there a little bit flat-footed. 
I think we had more people connected to the direct line approach that we wanted at the start of the game in the third period too. I thought the, the first goal, the goal at the end of the second period gave us a lot of wind and then we, we came at it pretty good. But I think for us to play in this atmosphere, we've got to be, we've got to be air free. And I thought we played hard, but we made too many errors. And we made too many errors with the puck. Uh, that forced us into tough situations. You talk about Jesse's play. He was quite good tonight. He wanted the puck, it looked like, tonight, especially in the second, last two periods. Yeah, I just think you go through, you go through phases like that, and um, those are things that you go through with a younger player. You just you live through it. Um, he had a good night. He played hard. He had a good night. He, he wanted the puck. He's, he played with confidence, and that's a good sign. Your, uh, your top unit power play had a fair number of minutes, Ken. What, what did you see maybe lacking in that group that they couldn't push through and find one? No motion away from the puck at all. Too much standing still. We've been guilty of that for the last little while. The, the second group actually had more, ma- more motion away from the puck than this one did. We, we didn't have near the motion. This was a 20 minor penalty hockey game without a major in it. Uh, at the same time, Connor McDavid takes a lot of abuse when he plays Calgary. How do you get your? How does anybody stand up for a player, or how do you deal with it when there's minors coming as fast as they were tonight? Well, Connor can take care of himself, and he did that tonight. I thought he played a great hockey game. For me, he was the best player on the ice, and for either team, and I, he can handle himself. It's a very emotional game. Um, we didn't like some of the calls. They didn't like some of the calls, but. I can tell you one thing, Connor can more than handle himself in this game and he doesn't need, we'll, we'll look after him, but he doesn't need our protection when he's playing because he gave way more than he got today. So I, I was really proud of his effort today, by the way. I thought he played a heck of a hockey game. Okay. All right, there's Hitch as the Oilers lose 5-2 to the Flames. We'll also go into the Calgary dressing room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, License Insolvency Trustees. You can text 63630. Derek says, hey, guys, still don't understand why Yamamoto and Puliarvi are here and not in Bakersfield. Even Hitch yesterday in his comments said that they're having trouble adjusting to the pace as the playoffs get closer. Uh, good good question. Um Puliarvi, I mean, he shows glimpses and small, small sample sizes of, of the ability to do what they need him to do. But then he doesn't have the consistency, and we see that when in the games that are close, if he doesn't have it, he gets shut down early. He only played six minutes in the game before this tonight. I think he played ten and a half. I I think part of the reason that they're both here is the options are limited for the Oilers. Uh, they they traded for Spooner, and Spooner has not delivered anywhere close to what they expected from him. Uh, Hitch is not a fan of Raddy, so he doesn't make the lineup uh, as often as as he hopes to be in there. And on the minors, I don't think there's anyone else that's NHL ready in the minors either. So the one thing that we've talked about from day one, the very first exhibition game, Reed and I, you, you and I talked about, was the fact that the Oilers' depth up front is lacking. And tonight we saw a Calgary Flames team that has very, very good depth. And the Edmonton Oilers team, when they started matching up against them, they struggled. And so Pugliarvi and Yamamoto, I imagine, I, I honestly, I don't know if, if they'll both, Pugliarvi will be here the remainder of the season. Yamamoto, I'm not sure. 
if at some point he'll probably go down to the minors and get in some games and try to find his confidence. Yeah, and a couple assists for Puliyarvi tonight, yep. which was nice to see. And, and he did look more confident, I thought, at times. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Well, I mean, you mentioned the depth for the, for the Flames. And, I mean, look, James Neal... Actually, we had a, a, a Flames fan texting in to ask you about James Neal, Rob. I mean, he's basically been a bust. Yep. And the guy who's, you could basically put him down for 20-plus, 30-plus most of his years in, in the NHL. Where does he have five goals this year? So, I mean, that's what that's what it shows you. They have a, they have a I don't, I'm not going to go say they would regret it, but they have a guy they thought, okay, he's probably going to get at least 15 if he has an off year or 20, and he hasn't, and it hasn't slowed down their offense at all. They have no. so many other guys contributing. I mean, Derek Ryan's their fourth-line center. Yeah, and he has 16 points on the season, and t- you saw the hands on him tonight. I yep. mean, the, the breakaway had, I mean, Koskinen made an all-world save, but the move that Derek Ryan made was fabulous. Uh, this is a team in that Garnet Hathaway who was a thorn in the side of of the Oilers and, and he and McDavid had the run in early in the hockey game. A very effective player. And the, the reason he's an effective player because he plays abrasive. And when you're a fourth line player, you got to be noticed whether it's as a penalty killer or, or as a physical player or whatever. He does it to a T. He penalty kills. He's abrasive on the ice. So their depth players are, are, are good. Matthew Kachuk tonight played on their third line. He's got 56 points. I mean, and uh, without, without being cheeky or not, he probably has more points than the third and fourth line of the others combined. I think without any doubt. And you might actually, and you probably could throw in the, the, the second line wingers. So Kachuk has more, and he played on their third line. No, not always he does, but yeah, no, I know but, what you're saying. So tonight, right now yeah. he is. So uh, this is, the Calgary Flames have built a very good hockey club. They've got stars on their team. But they've got role players that understand their role and play them very well. But the most important thing for them is defensively. They are, they've got a deep defense, and they are very good. And it's led by a guy, Giordano, who, to me, is, is the Norris Trophy winner, if you were picking right now. Well, he was over a point a game, and he was plus 31 coming into tonight. And then he had a goal and an assist tonight. And was he plus tonight? He must have been plus yeah, I think he was minus one. Oh, he actually was minus one. But he had two points. But he had two points. Yeah. So he has uh, 51 points at 48. Well, points. as Bob said, there's five players on the Calgary Flames now with 50-plus points yeah. on the season. Yeah. I, I mean, this is – and it's how the teams are built. And, you know, we've talked about the Oilers not having depth, trades that ha- that haven't worked out, guys who have been thrust into roles that they probably couldn't handle or whose contribution was overestimated by mm-hmm. Shirelli, and, and that's why the, the Oilers are, are where they're now. I mean, they're they're fighting for a playoff spot. And, look, I, I'm, I'm going to sound really negative here, but it's, it's flat out how I feel. If the Oilers make the playoffs, and that's an if, I, I think they can. I think they're in a bunch of mediocre teams. Yep. It's probably going to come down to the last week of the season. As we've seen now in the last month when they've played Winnipeg, when they've played San Jose, when they've played Calgary, they do not have a chance in a seven-game series right now against those teams, the way the way they're built. Uh, well, there's always a chance. There's always a chance. Always, but you know what I'm but, saying. But no, you're right. Yeah, well, you, you, would not, you would not favor the owners no, no, in, 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 in a one-off. In any means. In a one-off. Well, in a one-off. Yeah, exactly. But in a seven-game series, the better team usually they, wins. They would be the profound underdog. Yes, they would. Well, and here, another example for the Calgary Flames tonight. I know that you and Bob earlier tonight were talking about uh, comparing a Pugliarvi with a Sam Bennett. Both drafted the same spot. Haven't had the numbers they expected from either one. But where the Calgary Flames have been for it is Sam Bennett. So what's he do? He turns himself into a third-line checker. 
that can go out there. He still has 20, 19 points on the season. He's probably going to end up with 15 goals, but he also fights, and he's physical, and you play him against the other team's best line. So they've got guys that understand their role. Bennett can't be a goal scorer on this team. He's not a first power play guy, but he's accepted a role in doing something else, and he's excelling at it. All right. Oilers lose 5-2 to the Flames. Not a good night on the Advantage Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard for the Oilers with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Ducks in the race with the Oilers beat the Devils. The Avalanche in the race, uh, 3-2 for the Ducks. The Avalanche in the race with the Oilers beat the Kings, 7-1. The Blues now in the race with the Oilers knock off the Senators, 3-2. The Stars in the race with the Oilers beat the Jets, 4-2. Rangers over the Bruins, 3-2. Flyers beat the Habs, 5-2. Lightning down the Sharks, 6-3. Panthers get by the Predators, 4-2. And the Wild in the race with the Oilers beat the Blue Jackets, 2-1. Golden Knights, 7-3 over the Penguins. The Edmonton Oil Kings won this afternoon, 3-2 against the Calgary Hitmen. U of A beats Mount Royal, 5-0. And the Oilers' farm team winning over... San Diego 6-2 in favor of Bakersfield. Joe Gambardella, who we saw a little bit with the Oilers earlier this year, gets two goals and an assist. All right, 780-496-0063. We will welcome Andy to the show, who's uh, also going to finish the play with us. But first, Andy, what's your thought on the game? Oh, my thought on the game is pretty uh, pretty saddening, but, uh, you know, we're going to stick with the Oilers. Hopefully uh, they uh, learned a few lessons tonight, and tomorrow we can turn it around against Carolina. All right, we're going to finish the play. We'd like to put your name into a grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Karting, safe, adrenaline pumping, fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Here we go. And it's a shorthanded breakaway for Derek Ryan in on net. Wrist shot. What a save made by Miko Koskinen. He lunged and got it with his glove hand when he was down and out. A brilliant stop. All right, Derek Ryan on the breakaway. Andy, I think this question is so easy. Often I do multiple choice here. This one is so easy. I'm not even going to give you choices because I'm confident you're going to know it. Ten years ago, Derek Ryan was playing home games for what Edmonton-based hockey team? Say, say the university team. He was he was he was the member of an Edmonton-based hockey team ten years ago. Derek Ryan. Say the university team. Say the university. The University of Alberta. Yes, there you go. He uh, played there from 0708 to 1011. Uh, last year with the Golden Bears, Derek Ryan had 47 points in 28 games. Apparently. Uh, what was the caller's name again? Sorry, I wasn't. Andy. Andy. Apparently, Andy doesn't talk to Bob because Does Bob the... would have let him know. That... How many times tonight do you think Bob mentioned Derek Ryan was with the U of A? <laughs> well, it gets mentioned a lot, <laughs> and Derek's been on on both Bob's show and my show quite a bit and, over the years. And you know what? He's been in another nice addition by the Calgary Flames. He plays on their fourth line. Uh, he's got 16 points on the season. Penalty kills. Plays on their second power play unit. He's, and tonight, I mean, an unbelievable play. That would have salted the game away. That would have made it 4-1 on the breakaway. And that was save of the night. We're going to see that. You want to see a great save, just go on any of the sports shows tonight. You'll see that one as Koskinen robs Derek Ryan on that. Well, that is our save of the game for Jiffy Loop. Get winter ready at jiffyloopservice.ca. All right, the Flames beat the Oilers 5-2. We'll have more post-game reaction from the dressing rooms and from you as we roll along Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. 
Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. It's the Calgary Flames knocking off the Edmonton Oilers 5-2 at Rogers Place tonight. Calgary going up 3-0 on second period goals from Goudreau, Giordano, and Shillington. The Nude scoring late in the second period. Lucic scoring early in the third, but then Backlund and Monaghan put it away for Calgary. By the way, Lucic now four goals in his last six games. And, hey, he stayed in front of the goalie like you've been wanting him to. No, it, it was good. I mean, there are positives that came out of this game. The play of Pugliarvi was a positive. The fact that Milan Lucic added another goal to his to his January total is a positive. Uh, Nuge, I thought, was good again tonight. So there were some, and Koskinen was good. So there were positives that they can take from it. But I, I still, the Oilers, they, I think they need to be be more, more intense, more emotional, more desperate in the game tomorrow against Carolina because this was a game against Calgary that, you know what, it could have gone. Coming in, you're looking at the schedule. It's going to be a tough matchup. Carolina is a game that you need to win. All right, 780-496-0063. We'll bring Mike onto the show. Hey, Mike, you're on with Robin Reed. Hey, guys. Uh, appreciate appreciate listening to your show. Uh, I just wanted to make two comments. One is uh, clearly Shirelli is in over his head. Uh, but the other more impo- way, way, way more important uh, is that, especially for your station, is that I, I cannot comprehend how the Oilers did not recognize the passing of Peter Watts. They did. His, uh, on Twitter? No. No, on the scoreboard. Uh, there was nothing before the game. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. I'm calling from out of town. And I tuned into the Hockey Night in Canada I, broadcast, I, and I did not see a thing. I believe it was. I'm trying to remember, Rob. I believe it was during the first period. Yeah, they had it on the big there was screen an on the jumbotron. Yep. Good for them because yep. God bless him. Uh, he's way, way above the stature of many of the people in the management of the Oilers, and they could learn a lot from watching and listening to him. But anyway, good luck to the Oilers. They're they're in a tough slog here. Yeah. And and I think that uh, Mr. Shirelli. I, I think it's probably counting down the days because there's just you, you're only allowed so many mistakes, and uh, I would not regard Lucic as a mistake, frankly, and I'm probably going to be in the minority on that one. But you you got to go as you guys were saying earlier. You you go through the uniform, you go through the shoulder pads, and you go through into the heart. <clears throat> Where's the heart in this team? And I'll tell you, it's it's there. It's there in a guy like Luch. And and you got to find it in the rest of the guys. But anyway, I really appreciate your show. Good job, guys. Okay, thanks for listening, Mike. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Let's go back down to the Oilers' room for GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Here's defenseman Caleb Jones. Uh, yeah, it's it's a tough one. Um, you know, it's it had happened. You know, I made the play. He knocked it out of midair. Um, I could have probably maybe just turned and you know made a harder play out of the zone right there. Um, I'll learn from it. What did you sort of make the intensity level and the way the kind of the flow of that game was for your first battle of Alberta? Uh, it was intense. Um, you know, everyone shows up. It's it's physical. You know, a lot of chirping. Um, you know, guys want it bad. It's um, it makes for a fun game. All right, Caleb Jones had a tough moment there in the third period. Brendan Escott working the Oilers dressing room tonight. Flames win. 5-2. Of course, you can text 6-30-6-30. I'm not going to obviously read every individual text about officiating. Some people are angry. Some people are confused. Some are just wondering what we think. 
Uh, there were a lot of penalties. The Flames were two for seven on the power play. The Oilers were one for six. Um, I, again, the Oilers did not lose the game because of the officiating. I thought there were some calls both ways where I was like, oh, really? Okay. I thought there were calls both ways that were called. I was like, uh, and then there was calls both ways that weren't called. I'm like, so, yeah, it was. But, I mean, the Oilers had plenty of opportunities on the power play. Well, James Neal, by the way, like that's slashing penalty on Neal with Brodziak cutting to the net. Like, I thought that was a weak call. I mean, he hit his pant leg. Yeah. Well, James Neal thought that too. Yes. So, I mean, I'm going to – I'll just – there. It was, and you talked about the dry sidle embellishment. It's either a cross-check or it's an embellishment. It's not one – it's not both. Either if he cross-checked him, no, it's a cross-check penalty. That's why he fell down. If it's an embellishment, well, then the cross-check wasn't that bad, so just call the embellishment. Yeah. But I don't understand both, and, and I never have. And you and I know from doing the show, we could do every show – We like, we do whatever, an hour, an hour and a half – we could do every minute of every show after every game, Oilers win or lose on officiating. Yeah. And we often steered away from that, but because oftentimes so many people ask, we'll say, okay, we'll do a little a little, a little, little chat on it. And, and I, I brought up during the first intermission, okay, Cassian gets a boarding penalty on, who did he hit, Geo? Yep. And then obviously a couple of weeks ago, the, the Lindholm push on McDavid, which much worse wasn't called. I know you said to me off air that I shouldn't compare things in different games, but I, I think there's still a standard that observers uh, want to see. Well, the, there is, uh, but it's two different refs, and so this ref, oh, sure. this ref made the right call. The ref, the, the other ref made a horrible decision by not making. Well, a really, call. both in the last game because the guy that called it tonight was not the guy with the better view of it. Either. No, no. Well, you know, I I, I disagree with that because I think when when you're further away, it's easier to see. So, like, when we're up here, we can see everything. Mm-hmm. So the, fur- the ref that's further away has a better view of it, Cause especially on something like that. He's got a great view, and that's why they have the back referee, and they do make a lot of the calls. The close referee sees things that are in tight, but the big picture thing, the back referee can see them. Uh, it was an oddly ref game. I thought there was times that some of the calls they made were minor, and there was calls that weren't made that were much more aggressive or, or could have been called. I mean... Hathaway and McDavid went toe-to-toe here. Both of them could have got penalties. Right. And didn't. Then right, Then it went to the other side, and McDavid's stick comes up, and I don't know if it was Hannafin or Hamanek, but one of them. around there, too. Yeah, so his stick comes up, hits him in the face. No call. Then he gets cross-checked down, McDavid does. Could have been a call as well. So they, they, those are penalties that you need to call. The one where the guy touches a guy's pant leg that has no Im- impact on the play, you don't need to call those. That just slows the game down, and it kind of puts your whistle away. Well, I can't make 11 calls either way, <laughs> so now I'm not going to call things that should be called. All right, Flames win 5-2. Whenever the Oilers get to 5, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, downtown Northside, and Sherwood Park. We have Richard on the open line. Hi, Richard. Thank you for calling. Hi, Richard. Hello. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Richard. Hey, just wanted to make a couple of comments here. Number one, what's wrong with Adam Larson, in your opinion? I just think his head is out of the game. Um, um, I don't think, I, I, I don't know. I think right now it, it, the, the problem that he has is he's playing with Jones, who is not near as good as Clefbaum. So I think he's been left on an island a few times as of late. Jones has been beaten on the rush one-on-one a few times and has turned into odd man rushes. Today he turns the puck over 
and now Larson's back playing again a two-on-one. So playing with a young player uh, sometimes has its uh, it affects your play. I mean, playing with Clefbaum, he's in a safe spot at all times. Now you're asking Larson to do more because the player that he's playing with isn't as good as the player that he usually plays with. Okay, awesome. Very diplomatic, Rob. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, um, and what's with the no-look backhand passes from Drysaddle? He did four today that were giveaways, one resulting in a breakaway. Yep. No, yep. he didn't have a great game tonight. No, you're, you're right. Uh, and I'm a huge Leon fan, but this was not a uh, one of Leon's better games. And, and the, the thing you can't do against Calgary's, Winnipeg's, um, San Jose's, Tampa Bay's, you can't create offense for the other team. You can't turn a puck over in bad areas. You can't throw no-look passes and hope that it gets to somebody because those teams, good teams, skilled teams, eat those up. And the Oilers are very fortunate at that point that Koskinen made the save on the breakaway because that would have been the end of the game. Yeah. Now, eventually, the Oilers don't come back and win, but Koskinen gave him a chance. That wasn't a great play, and, and Leon knows it. I would expect him to be much better tomorrow night. Calgary Flames' best team in the Western Conference are coached by the former head coach of the Killam Junior B Wheat Kings, Bill Peters. Here he is for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. What did you like most about the way your team competed in one? No, I liked the way we played on a back-to-back. I liked our homestand. We just wrapped up a five-game homestand at nine points there, and we just played three and four and got five out of six. So we're playing well, and that's as tight as we've been in a while. I didn't think we gave up much five-on-five, uh, five, so it was a good night. I just let the puck go on. The run Johnny's on right now, it just looks like he's yeah. playing so well. Well, he's elite, right? There's, we're, we're blessed in uh, in our league with the quality of players we have. We're blessed in the province of Alberta with the stars that we have on each respective team. It's worth the price of admission. That's a fun game to be a part of. Was it a good test, too, where the game got a little exciting there for a bit in the third period, but in the last 10 minutes especially, the guys yeah. seemed to settle it down pretty well? Yeah, you know what? Uh, they scored late in the second, and then they got a power play late on a power play. So I thought our specialty teams were good. I believe we were five for six on the kill, and they got one late. That was real late, about 10, 11 seconds to go. And then, you know, our power play responded, obviously, put the game away in the, in the third. So, no, there are a lot of positives to, to take out of our play here tonight and then obviously over the weekend. Bill, can you sum up the significance of having five different guys with 50-plus points already? There's no other coach that has that luxury. No other team that has that luxury, right? So it's all about the team with our guys. Broads uh, uh, was real good here tonight. Um, I believe it was Bax getting to 300 points. And the guys are happy for him, genuinely happy for Bax to get there. And he does a lot of heavy lifting. He does a lot of stuff that's under the radar. And those are the types of guys you win with. So got a lot of guys finding a way to make positive contributions in the team wins. And that's what our guys are all about. It's about the two points each and every night. We, we're hungry for points. We want to win. And we know how to play. Sometimes we deviate a little bit. We do know how to play, though, and when we play the right way, we're a good team. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. Thank you. So listen hey, to that's head coach Bill Peters. Kyle Morris worked in the Flames dressing room tonight. Well, no doubt about their good team. 32-13-5. And, and like I mentioned earlier, 19-4-4 four four in their last 27 games. So an incredible extended stretch here for Calgary. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Phil standing by. Good evening, Phil. How you doing, guys? Good. Peter Shirelli. Everybody jumps on Peter Shirelli. 
Um, you know what? I looked up the Flames roster and what their salary caps are, what these guys are getting paid. Okay? There is not a single player on the Calgary team that earns more than $6.75 million. Now, that being said, everybody jumps on Shirelli and says, well, he created this mess, right? Bottom line is, um, when he signed McDavid, he signed the best player on the planet at that time. That was, I mean, it's the dollars and cents again, right? What was he supposed to do? You know what I mean? We jump on Shirelli now. We didn't jump on him when he was signing Drysaddle and, and McDavid. Well, actually, some people did straight. jump on him about Drysaddle. There were a lot of people that thought he overpaid for Drysaddle. Well, and and in actual fact, did he? He, in comparison with where he is in the rest of the league, did he overpay for Drysaddle? Did he overpay for McDavid? No, I don't think. Well, the, the the people in Edmonton, I don't think anyone's upset with Drysaddle and and McDavid. I don't think they're bothered by their contracts. Or, or, or what Shirelli did with them. There's other things that people are upset by. But I, I, I don't think Drysaddle and McDavid are, are feeling the ire of, of the fans or, or, or Shirelli's what they gave those two players. But there's a lot of other areas that people are upset with, and justifiably. What I'm kind of getting at here, guys, is the, the discrepancy between the upper echelon and the lower echelon of the team. And, and that can create a certain animosity amongst the team itself. You're, so you're thinking there's animosity because the two top players make what they make? Well, it, it, I'm, I'm saying, you know, it, it's like, like, like the guy that's Daryl Cates in Edmonton and the guy on the street, right? Yeah, but in the dressing room, there's absolutely zero animosity towards those players. I've been on teams where I've played with guys that make a lot more than I ever made, and I've never been on a team where someone is uh, not or has been upset that the, some guy's making more than you are. There's nothing in that dressing room. Everyone in that dressing room knows that Connor McDavid makes every, earns every cent he gets, and everyone feels the same about Leon Dreisaitl. That's not the issue with this hockey club. Well, I think that the future of the hockey club is definitely in the future. In our young guys like Poyarvi, Yamamoto, uh, uh, Bouchard, that's where the future. We might not make the playoffs this year, and everybody's going to blame, blame Shirelli, but... Uh, that's where our future obviously is because we can't seem to be getting power forwards in trades. Yeah, well, they're they're definitely going to need younger players to produce on on entry level contracts when they're not making a, a lot of money. So yeah. yeah, for sure. Thanks for the call, Phil. We're going to take a quick uh, timeout. More post game reaction from the dressing rooms. More from you as well. It's eleven forty two. Flames win it over the Oilers five two. Presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Final at Rogers Place, Calgary Flames 5, Edmonton Oilers 2. First win at Rogers Place for the Flames after going 0-4-1 in their previous visits here along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Don't forget, you can always get more on 630Ched.com. The Oilers are back at it tomorrow, hosting Carolina. 6 o'clock face-off show game at 7.30 here on 630Ched. Football games tomorrow. Uh, man, the Chiefs look good. I, I really hope they take down the Patriots. Why, why would you say that to me? Sick, like, of seeing that, sick of seeing that team win. <laughs> hey, Scott in Boston is on the line. Hey, Scott, how's it going? 
<laughs> what a segue. I What's up, guys? I had What's to up? do it. What's up? Yeah, I, I, that's cool that the whole country hates us, but I, <laughs> and we love it. It's awesome. That's fine. You go outside of Massachusetts, everyone hates us. No, I'll touch that for four seconds, then we'll talk hockey. But listen, I was right last time we talked. I said they were going to kill the Chargers. They did. And they are going to kill. If you, like, if you bet sports, Edmonton, the Pats are three-point dogs. Brady is so confident. It's a joke. They're going to beat them by 13 tomorrow. Mark my words. All right, All right let's talk hockey. A couple quick uh, read. I got a minute, right? Because I'm going to touch on a few points. I don't know how much time I have. I don't want to get dumped. You know? I'll give you a minute 15. I don't have the clock, though. Patrick will have to watch All right. it back. I'm sorry. Summer. I just know how radio works. But, okay. Two small points that annoy me. I hate Edmonton wearing those orange jerseys at home. Those are their third jerseys, I hope, right? No, no those we'll, are now the perm. The what? Jerseys. What happened to the blue the, the blue they've been wearing since 1979? They got rid of them last year. They uh, made the orange, may, the home perhaps jersey. The, oh, my, perhaps therein lies the problem. Maybe. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. I, the, everyone in the stands is wearing them. Where are those beautiful blue jerseys? That's half the problem. Uh, you're now, not the first uh, person to say that. That's good. Oh, feedback. I'm not kidding you. I'm not even joking. Okay, I'm give not us being, point number two, buddy. Yes, sir. I got eight. I'm going to roll over them in 48 seconds. <laughs> now, listen, here's the other point that's kind of meaningless. Connor McDavid, there's no one a bigger fan than me of him. But you know what, Connor, if you're listening, cut your hair. He's got it in his eyes while he's trying to stick handle. Uh, Connor, you, uh, stop trying to press the girls. They all love you already. Cut your hair and try to get this team to the playoffs. All right, now let's get to some real content. Calgary was the be- is the better team. But this game was winnable. One thing I wrote down, I, w- I listened to two of the periods and I watched to third. That too many men on the ice um, penalty in the first period while they were on a power play, it's little mistakes like that that cost them. They cost themselves, I believe, 30 seconds of power play time. They, they, they're not good enough to give away 30 seconds of power play time. Who, they might have scored on that power play. You're too right. many when men you, in the when ice. you play teams that are better than you, you can't. you got to play perfect games, and the others didn't. All right, that is Scott in Boston. I'm sure we will hear from him tomorrow. Well, maybe not if he's depressed if the Patriots lose. <laughs> I'm a Pats fan, too, although I, li- I, I like Casey, too. F- you know what? Mahomes, exciting. Yes. You know what is awesome about football tomorrow? It's defense doesn't win championships this year. It's all offense, all four teams, four great offensive teams. It is going to be a fun day watching football tomorrow. 5-2 Flames win. We have Gary on the line. Hello, Gary. Reed, Rob, thank you for taking my call. Appreciate it. Hello. Yeah, uh- <laughs> Well, I was at the Calgary Hitman or um, Oil Kings Hitman game. It was it was a good game. Uh, I was hoping there was a leeway to this game tonight, but uh, disappointed again. Uh, they got to come up with a little more fire, a little more passion, uh, especially now. Now you got six teams fighting first and uh, second in, in the uh, wild card in the, in the in the West here. So they they they've been outshot 16 or 18 last 18 games. They got to come up with more passion. Uh, They've got to get a lead. They've got to get a lead and build on it. Um, can't give up mistakes and take too many penalties. Uh, it's just these are things that's killing this team, man. Um, the goaltending was good today. Um, as we guys mentioned earlier, uh, PR, we had a good game, probably his best game this year. He was, uh, he was there, you know, he had created some offense. Uh, Lucic, I'm glad of Lucic. <laughs> he's, like, he's got a hot hand right now, and it's, getting, it's nice to get some secondary scoring. But here again, it's, it's the mistakes and penalties that's killing this team. Yep, you're absolutely right. you got to play a perfect game against good hockey clubs. The Oilers made big mistakes, both with dumb penalties and with turnovers. So, yeah, absolutely right. All right, we have JR on the line as well. Hi, JR. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. You guys do a fantastic job. 
Well, thank you very much. Okay, three things. I'll make it quick. Uh, number one, I would like to give like the people of Edmonton credit for not crapping all over Lucic and giving him time to find his way, and he has found his way. And I knew he would. He just had to start playing in straight lines. Uh, two, I watched uh, Hitchcock on After Hours tonight. What a fantastic man. Like, he, he had two other job offers, but he was happily retired, he said. But he wanted to come be the coach of the Edmonton Oilers because he has a passion and a love for his hometown. And, yeah, it's that's just – it's 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 the something special is going to happen because Edmonton's going to make the playoffs. Clefbaum's going to come back. Jones is going to go down to the third pairing, and he's not going nowhere. And he will be just fine in the third pairing. He's just playing too much, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's my three things, gentlemen. Right on, JR. Well, I'll tell you what. We did, we obviously don't get to see after hours because we're on. Hitch is very interesting to talk to. Oh, now as we've said, mm-hmm. sometimes he will not directly answer your question because he's <laughs> decided what the story's going to be that day. But he's uh, he's uh, and I'm not saying Todd McClellan wasn't. They're, they're, no, they're, he was very good too. He was very he was very good too. But Hitch uh, Hitch very interesting to listen to. He, he's colorful. He's a great storyteller. He is a he's a great guy to have a beer with because you can talk for hours and he will. Oilers lose 5-2. JR was talking about Milan Lucic, who has four goals in his last six games. Here he is. Our play wasn't good enough, and that's what got us into a 3-0 hole. And uh, A really good play on at the end of the second there to give us some momentum <clears throat> going into the intermission. And, and um, you know, uh, lots to look forward to going into the third. But... Um, just, you know, uh, we had chances, um, you know, to we had chances at times, in the, especially in the second period, to, to get ourselves back in it within a goal and two, and, and, and we did it, and it ended up being too big of a hole to, to climb out of. And, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate. I don't think our, our, our heads as a group were, were in the right spot until the start of the third, and, um, and uh, we get nothing out of it. 20 minor penalties. All right, that is Milan. Lucic gets a goal, but the Oilers lose 5-2 to Calgary. Face-off trivia. Who, who is our winner, Patrick? Lucas knew. I like this one. Lucas goes into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card courtesy Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved, alpinecredits.ca. Who is the only person to have played for the Flames organization and been the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. I saw the answer on your sheet. I had no idea. Pat Quinn. And That's a the tough one. catch was here. I said Flames organization. He played for Atlanta in the 70s and then obviously coached the Oilers in 09 10. Yeah, he was, he was a very good hockey player. Honestly, I, look, it's, it's late. We may not have as many people listening as, as usual. So I'm just going to little secret for the people listening. I am desperate for trivia questions. Like, I'm just coming up with the weirdest ones possible. I thought it was a terrific one. Dallas knows what I'm talking about. Dallas, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, just uh, the first thing. Uh, Rob, I actually have a good buddy that plays hockey the odd time with you out in uh, River Kabar on Wednesday night. Speaks pretty highly of you, so I'm going to nominate you for the next uh, GM of the Edmonton Oilers. (laughs) Maybe we can get Shirelli on a one-way WestJet ticket out of this town. Uh, the other thing I want to say is I just think it's absolutely horrendous that nobody sticks up for McDavid. Um, I know that 
you know, Hitch says he can take care of himself and, and whatever, and you can't have guys, you know, dropping their mitts at every scrum. But, you know, that guy takes an absolute ass-kicking out there. And for, a, you know, a team full of guys that don't do a whole lot, like nobody even comes in and makes a appearance or sticks up for him or shows a bit of intimidation or anything. That's all I have to say. Maybe just uh, let me know your thoughts and thanks for the call. Thanks. No, I, I think those are very well thought out points, Dallas, for sure. And we do want to get Jordan in as well. Hey, Jordan, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead, man. Hey, guys. Yeah, I got to be honest. When I was on the way to our uh, beer league game here, it was a one nothing game. And uh, I, I honestly thought it was a winnable game too. But at the end of the day, um, Calgary is a lot deeper at D and up front. And uh, if it wasn't for that seven-game losing streak not that long ago, we, we wouldn't be in as much pressure as we are now. I'm not too worried. San Jose lost again tonight, and uh, I think there's still a chance we should get another five, six-game win. There's a lot of hockey left. Uh, you know, that third spot, I think, is still open for us if, if we get our stuff well, together here. I, I don't think the, the You're Oilers, more optimistic yeah, than we are, Jordan. I think the Oilers <laughs> are fighting, okay. they're fighting for a wild-card spot, which is certainly attainable. But I, they will They're not. They're 13 out of 13. Yeah, place. they will not make it into the top three. Uh, Vegas is playing very well tonight. Still, San Jose's got a great team, and the Calgary Flames are what 19 points ahead now, or 20. 20 of the Oilers. 20 points for the Oilers. So the Oilers are are going to fight with six other teams for two wild card spots. Basically, I mean, Colorado's third in the Central, but they're far from safe. I mean, basically, you have Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota, Anaheim, Vancouver, Edmonton, St. Louis has worked their way in it. And Arizona is sort of yeah, in w- it. They're in a tough spot. St. Louis is in it. St. Louis is, I think, they're the team that scares me the most. So there's three playoff spots available, but Edmonton, Vancouver, and Anaheim only have, are, shot only, at two only have a shot at two of them. Yes. We're back at it tomorrow, 6 o'clock, face-off show game at 7.30. Oilers against the Hurricanes. The final tonight, Flames 5, Oilers 2. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer at Rogers Place, and to Patrick Bauer. He's our studio producer back at 6.30. Chet. Oilers Hockey is presented by Osmond Auction. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for staying up with us. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Have a great evening.